Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, for just the second time, 384 episodes of Talking Buffalo Podcast. Closing in on, I think, almost four years. This is only the second time I've ever done an emergent pod. I certainly, there might have been other times where it was warranted, but we didn't do one. But this one certainly is warranted. Jack Eichel finally traded, um, became official early this morning, Thursday morning. Look, the only other time I did an emergent pod was when Ralph Kruger got fired. And I had Joe Yernan on for that. And considering the fact that we do Casual Friday every single week, and I can't count how many minutes we've spent talking about Jack Eichel trade speculation over the last handful of months, it would be criminal for me to get anyone else on besides Joe. So I am joined by Joe. And of course, everyone listening, Casual Friday has scheduled tomorrow. We've got a lot of topics, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this today because I wanted to specifically focus on uh, the Jack Eichel trade. Joe, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? It's uh, it's a day we've been waiting for, isn't it? It is. <laughs> we've been, uh, it's been five or six months, man. And it's uh, the way things were coming together this week. I was like, maybe it's finally actually happening. And it did. So I think this is a good time for everybody to just exhale, take a minute and just be like, all right, this is because this today marks the actual start. The, the actual restart of what Kevin Adams' sabers are going to be. Yes. I mean, as far as I'm concerned anyways. Because, I agree. You know, because as long as Jack was still technically on the roster, that was always going to be like, all right, well, what's, you know, what's next here? Like, you know, how's this going to get resolved? What, you know, how's this going to go, man? Like this, that's, that was the whole part. And I was like waiting to see what the return was going to be and waiting to see how this would play out. And, you know, if it was going to, you know, when people started talking in the last week or two about how like this might carry into July, I was like, no, (laughs) no, it will not, it it will not. And it cannot do that because, because at that point, Sabres fans are just going to be so fed up and so annoyed. And it looks, it would look even worse on the the organization and on Adams for not getting something done. But, uh, but this, this, you know, you know, the, the return on this makes, it makes sense. You know, they get Peyton Krebs, who, you know, is the top prospect, Vegas's top prospect. Uh, Alex Tuck, who's from Baldwinsville, New York, uh, out near Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, he's a, he's a hard skating, kind of a tough forward. He's scored, he scored some goals. He's looked pretty good in some of those playoff games for Vegas. Uh, he's banged, he's, he's hurt now, but he'll be back at some point uh, in the not too distant future. And then a conditional first in 2022, uh, top 10 excluded, which you got to figure Vegas is making the playoffs. Like, no matter what, there's no way there's no way that's going to be you know threatened even being a top 10 pick. Right. And then a second round pick next year, uh, 2023 draft. If Sabres also gave up a 2023 third, third round pick. Yeah. 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 So like that return, I think my initial reaction to it was just like. One other oh, detail maybe, too, Joe. Zero. Yeah. 
and this is important because we we talked about this on the show and it was made apparent, which we'll talk Kevin Adams press conference in a few, but they were pretty adamant about no money being retained by Buffalo and there was mm-hmm. no money retaining the deal by Buffalo. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that I mean that that makes a difference in the in the return for sure. Uh, because if you're taking any money back, that costs you that to me that costs you another pick, costs you another player, whatever, whatever the case. But this return seems like it seems like a deal that would have been on the table five months ago. Um, that was going to be my first. It, that was going to be my first question for you. It kind of feels like this is a deal <laughs> that they could have made five months ago. And I'm not criticizing the return. I'm yeah. quite, for the most part, I'm pretty satisfied with the return. Now, I mean, I'm a hockey expert, but you and you've talked about Krebs a lot on on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, I, I don't pay that much attention around the league, but I do know who Alex Tuck is, and he's a pretty good player. He'll probably be. Not probably, he will be a top six forward for the Sabres. So I'm all right with the return. I guess that's where I was going to start. I was going to ask you, don't you feel like this is a a deal that could have and should have gotten done when we first started talking about this on this show, you know, early in the summer, man? Yeah. And, you know, I, and listen, I know trades, you got to explore every avenue. And Kevin Adams certainly expressed every avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you, you can't look under every rock. You can't. You can't not talk to every GM and, and and find out what everybody's willing to do, what they want to do, and which ones you can tell to go take a hike immediately. Like you, you, you got to do every bit of due diligence, and I think he did that. And I and maybe that's respect, you know, maybe that's in respect to you know the return you got because it's like, okay, we started here and we ended here, all's fair is fair. Um, but this, when I look at it at first blush, my it it seems like the kind of deal that you can see how it got negotiated. Um. You know, instead of two prospects and a pick and, you know, some other player, it was the top prospect, a current player, and then a conditional first. Like, you can see how it would be tough for either side to kind of negotiate that around because Vegas didn't want to give up Krebs. Krebs was, Krebs was the guy they wanted to hang on to. This deal doesn't get made without him uh, because Nick Haig, you know, Nick Haig's going to be a really nice defenseman for Vegas, but, like, he's not getting it done for Eichel. And, like, the, the, the need for a defenseman, not really pressing for for Buffalo at the moment. Um, the need to get a top forward back was necessary, um, and that's that's where this comes down to play. And you know, Tuck, you know, yeah, he's absolutely going to be in their top six in Vegas. He was playing what third line for them, roughly. You know, which I mean, hey, in Vegas, you got three scoring lines and then a fourth line that could also score. So, you know, a little bit of a different situation there. But in this case, you, you can you can see like it, you know, it's not a flat out no matter what first round pick like if you know vegas somehow bottoms out and winds you know wound up winning the lottery and they're picking like second or something like that then you know sabers aren't going to get gifted and you know another another high pick but for people listening who might be confused joe let's just say and i agree that is very 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 unlikely to happen but let's just Mm -hmm. say vegas everything that could go wrong goes wrong they're not healthy right now injuries continue and they Mm -hmm. don't make the playoffs and they do end up getting a lottery pick what happens with that pick for the Sabres if they don't get that top 10 pick this year? Does it go to the next, the following year where they don't have a, a top 10 pick? Yes. Uh, it would go to, it, yeah, it would go to 2023 without a condition. Okay. So yep. if, if Vegas, if Vegas fell apart for two years in a row, then um, that would be horrible for Vegas. A, Jack would probably lose his mind. B, and see the Sabers, the Sabers would come out really, really well on on top of that in 2023. But sure. um, but the expectation though is that this is get, this is going to be another first round pick for them in the, in this draft. That Absolutely, give them three, three or four. 
I think three. Their own pick, Florida's, Florida's pick, and now Vegas's. Florida's so. is also top ten protected, and I'm really, really, really yeah. confident that that's not going to come into play. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, I I'm not seeing Florida crashing to earth at all they're mm-hmm. very good no uh so yeah so i mean three picks in this upcoming draft is good like three first round picks in this pack, this draft is good man so it, this is this is a pretty this is going to be a pretty talent laden first round it's not like an all-timer but like if the sabers are picking you know if if they do wind up you know being a lottery team and they've got a shot at number one good year to have it shane wright's gonna be a pretty darn good player um and even some of the guys after him, two, three, four, five, some really good talent this year. So yeah. like that's that's a nice positive to have. But like when you've got really good high end talent like that, some of the other guys like start slipping down the board. So that's where it kind of plays into Buffalo's hands as well. So that's it's great. Like you get your you get to restock your cupboard. You get your you get your your player for the future who can be your player of now at any point in Krebs and Tucks. We, you know, you tucks the known quantity like that's it works out well. It works out. It works out decently well. And you know what? The first time Alex Tuck played in Buffalo, he brought a busload of like 50 people to come watch him play out of Syracuse or his parents did. I should say. Right. So, you know, maybe that's 50 new season ticket holders for the Sabres. You know, I mean, who knows? <laughs> they could use them. You know? They could use them. <laughs> I will, I'll say this. The, the, the trade falls in line based on what I've read for months and and based on many conversations that I've had with you on this podcast. Krebs is a name that I've heard a lot because of those mm-hmm. conversations. Tuck is a name that I know. And I would say the one thing that we might have expected, again, based on conversations and what I've read, that didn't end up happening was for this to work, a lot of people thought the Sabres would have to take out a really bad contract, A, to get maybe mm-hmm. to the to the floor uh, of the salary cap, or B, to help you know give some teams that might be in the Eichel running the opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to afford them because they would give a short-term bad contract to the Sabres in return. That didn't happen. Again, no Sabres money retained. So I guess if if you have to trade Jack, I think realistically speaking, of course, we heard reports about Kachuk being the centerpiece of a deal as recently as Wednesday night, and it turns out Kevin Adams completely shot that down and said that was not true. It was mm-hmm. completely inaccurate. But I, do you feel like realistically – this is the best that they were going to get, whether they traded him a couple months ago and they did do their due diligence and they're in no rush. Joe, this is important. And mm-hmm. you listened to the Kevin Adams press conference today. You mm-hmm. could tell that there is zero urgency on this team right now. You would think, not you would think, some people might think, hey, they got off to a hot start. Let's see if we can make our team into a contender right now or try to hit the playoffs right now. They're mm-hmm. not operating that way whatsoever. There's no, no urgency to get young guys in this lineup right now. So now I, I kind of, based on those comments, maybe I understand a little bit more why there was no rush on Kevin Adams' part. Mm-hmm. All that said, do you feel realis- realistically this is the best they were going to get, whether they did it before now or waited longer? I think I think this was as good as it was going to be. Uh, and that's not to say that, you know, they got, you know, they got screwed on this trade. Like, they did, they did not. <laughs> that's not the case. Right. Um, but, like, when you start thinking about, you know, you know, a lot of the bluster that was out there, obviously, the, you know, the, the report from Kevin Weeks about Matt Kachuk and the, the Flames that was interesting, but I, it, it's something where I can't help but think that Weeks and Adams were, were teammates at one point in Carolina, and I'm just like, hmm, maybe this is a good way to, like, that's, I mean, you can, everybody uses the media for their own 
for their own purposes. Let's let's not get it screwed. Absolutely. There. Um, and if Adams did that to kind of get Vegas to be like, hey, knock it, like let's go, like hurry up, quit quit dicking around, and like let's get this trade done. Or hey, these guys are gonna give us give us Matthew Kachuk. Peyton Krebs doesn't seem so bad now, huh? And like it's like oh shoot, we really want Eichel. Eh, fine, we'll do it this way. Maybe that's the way it works. You know, uh, we'll never find out. <laughs> Adams won't tell us. Kelly McCrimmon will never tell us. And Brad for Living will certainly not say anything about the Calgary end of it. But, um, but I mean, like, yeah, that's a good way to use the media, man. Like, if, you know, if it gets things going and, you know, certainly John Vogel talked about how, like, there was outside pressure on the Sabres to, try to get a do- deal done as quick as possible, which, you know, hey, feed your own conspiracy theory into that. Um, but, like, this is, this is a good deal. It's... It's not. It doesn't leave me going away from it. Like when I, you know, I think of when Joe Joe Thornton was traded back in two thousand five, and the second that trade happened, I was like, Jesus, what is Boston doing? What like what are they? What are they thinking with this thing? Like this isn't one of those deals. This is a deal where it's like, okay, it feels fair on at, at its face. Now, obviously, it might seem less fair if Eichel blows up and wins an MVP in Vegas and wins the Stanley Cup. Like that's that's gonna frost everybody's ass here in Buffalo, but. Sure. But like that's that's the talent you know he's capable of. Like you know, like we've seen it here. You know, the guy the guy got MVP votes a couple seasons ago. Like you know how good he is. Like there's there's no question. Like we, you know, you're well aware. You know what you know what you're you're getting into with him. And in Vegas's part, it's a risk because you don't know what kind of player he's going to be after the surgery. He might be he might be the same. He might be worse. He might be better. I mean, who knows? Like that's that's the whole thing. But like that's why. You're not getting Peyton Krebs and Nick, you know, and Nick Hague and a first and a future first. Like that's why you're not getting that that kind of return. You're getting Peyton Krebs, the guy you want the most, and the guy that Vegas does not want to give up. And you're getting Alex Tuck, who's you know semi-local, plays really hard, plays the kind of hockey that the Sabers are you know wetting their pants about playing for you know from now until the end of time. And your your futures, so. Seems like he got what he wanted for the most part. And I, th- I think the Sabres are really happy with this. Let's take a really quick break. And then I'm going to come right back. And uh, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about Jack. Now, again, we do casual Friday and we'll spend even more time tomorrow talking about him. But I want to get some thoughts from you on Ico, this return. And I've asked you this before on this podcast. I vividly remember asking you, be a salesperson, sell fans on hope for this team. We were dumbfounded a couple months ago. Maybe not as much now. We'll hit that up right after this break. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with this Thursday Emergent Pod with Joe Yurden. All right, so look, man, Jack Eichel, and again, we'll maybe spend a couple more minutes besides today, tomorrow, talking about Jack, but here's the bottom line. Dude just turned 25 years old. Um, as a saver, when he was on the ice, he was great. 139 goals, 216 points, 355 points, 375 games. Um, you know, five plus seasons with his team. 21 games last year. He was clearly hurt trying to play through that. Didn't work. Um, Team-wise, obviously, you know, it was a disaster. They had 81 points his first year, his rookie year. Things were looking up, but it went downhill from there, and it went downhill pretty ugly. I think when it comes to Jack, in terms of this team right now, the Sabres, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. What bothers me most about all this not working out is Granado just seems like, Don Granado, I'm talking about, of course, just seems mm-hmm. like the right coach to, to, for him. And the way this team mm-hmm. is playing hockey right now, and we're seeing some of it early this season. We saw some of it at the end of last season. A healthy, a happy, a motivated Jack Eichel on this team. It, it, we'll never know, obviously. It just feels like, you know, after Kruger, after Housley, it just feels like, after Blysma, this just feels like the coach in the system that would have fit him the best. I want to get your thoughts on that and, like, just your thoughts overall on Jack. And one other thing, too, before I turn it over to you. We'll talk tomorrow more about, like, the off-ice stuff because we were talking about this earlier this week uh, in DMs privately, you know, just some of the mm-hmm. shit going on being said about him. Well, maybe we'll address a little bit of that on Friday's show. But just your thoughts on Jack as a player with this organization. Uh, I Jack's a brilliant athlete. Just an absolutely incredible player. Um, I know people will argue whether they feel he's when people say he's, you know, he's a, yeah, top 10 player in the league. People are just like, yeah, right. Since when, you know, stand the ice bum, like watch how he plays, man. Like, (laughs) you know, we've seen how he plays. We know how he plays. We know how good he is. You know, he's, he's electrifying. Like the, the way he, the way people responded in this building, the way he played is, was pretty amazing. Um, you know, that's the, that's the sort of thing that you, that star players bring. Um, I can remember going to games in, in Washington and when Ovechkin was kind of early, kind of early on with his, with his career. And every time he touched the puck, the whole crowd was like, Oh man, what's he going to do? What's going to happen? Oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait. And it's just breathless anticipation. And it was that way with Jack here too. And that's, it, it's really it's really wild that it just never, it, it didn't work out here. And it's not, it's not Jack's fault. It's, it's the organization's fault because, um, you know, Tim Murray tried to step on the gas, didn't work. Um, Jason Bottrell tried to fix, fix everything up and, and get things restarted and rebuilding. Didn't do it right. And now it's Kevin Adams. And now you're six years past his arrival and it's like, okay, Maybe, maybe this just ain't going to work. And it's not, it's, it's not on Jack. Like Jack did, Jack played his ass off here. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that's been, that just irks the garbage out of me is when people start making Eichel Allen comparisons about how, you know, Allen's such a, you know, good Buffalo guy and Eichel's, you know, stupid Boston dude who hates Buffalo. Like, 
man, there's no, don't even get me started on that stuff. But I, I, I think it's just, it's really unfortunate that it didn't work out here because to me, Jack's personality and his swagger and all that, when things go really good in Buffalo and fans start getting really cocky and like, you see, you see it now with the Bills. It's borderline insufferable. It's, it's a little bit, a little bit. But you know damn well Jack would have been the perfect embodiment of that if the mm-hmm. Sabres became you know, a, a playoff-level team, a, a sta- an actual Stanley Cup competitor. Jack would have embraced – he would have embraced that. He would have wore it on his sleeve. People would, people in other cities would want to punch his head off because of how, how aggravated and annoyed they would be by, by Sabres fans crowing about Eichel. And I guess that's like the alternate timeline thing here where if things did work out, this is it's a beautiful relationship and it, and it becomes a, you know a a player who's revered here like you know just the same way you know LaFontaine was you know the same way you know you know Hashik was you know different different levels of appreciation where it's just kind of like wow yeah this guy's ours and he's kicking ass like that kind of thing like you know for all the jacks you know swagger and whatnot the dude as much as the people yell about stuff being blue collar here that dude's blue collar man I know hockey players. It's hard to to believe that because they all come from like semi wealthy, but you know backgrounds and whatever. But Jack was pretty close to that. I mean, he's not like driving trucks and you know, you know, hauling you know trailers and looking like a Ford commercial. But like, damn dude, like this dude, this dude would have embodied. He he was the embodiment of what Buffalo wanted to be and like what Buffalo wanted their wants their stars to be, and it just didn't work. And I get it. Like, I, I, I get it completely, but it also sucks completely. It does. And, and let me say this. And I understand to an extent why fans are the way they are. Generally speaking, fans are fans of the Buffalo Sabres more mm-hmm. so than they are fans of Jan, Jack Eichel. They are mm-hmm. going to take the side of the team that they root for before the player, especially when they know the player is not long to be here. I mm-hmm. get that. That said, anytime I look at any organizational failures, over the last six years, Jack Eichel was quite literally the least of the problems. Literally the least of the problems. I don't want to, I don't buy into the whole locker room bullshit. He's toxic. He's a cancer. I just don't buy it. And I'm going to, quite frankly, I'm happy, I'm happy for Jack Eichel. Okay. For starters, he's getting the surgery he wants. And maybe if the mm-hmm. Sabres had decided that they were going to let him have the surgery he wants, we wouldn't be where we are right now, but we are so happy for Jack. Okay. He's getting what he wants with the surgery. He gets out of Buffalo where he's not happy. Again, the team, not necessarily because he hates the city of Buffalo, but just because the organization is a disaster, man. So he's out Mm -hmm. of Buffalo. He wasn't happy here. And he goes from a team that ain't made the playoffs his entire career. A team that ain't made the playoffs in, what, almost a decade now. And now Mm -hmm. he's going to a team that literally doesn't even know what it's like to not make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? When when Jack Argo got drafted, I don't even think Vegas was in the league yet. And they've played, they've had more highlights. They've made the playoffs. More than the Sabres have, man. He has a chance to be a really big star. He's already a star in this league, but he has a chance to be mm-hmm. a really big star in a perfect market, I think, in Vegas to uh, to do it. Now, I know Terry Bagul is probably happy, too, that he got him out west because I know they yes. did not want to trade him to New York. They did no. not want to trade him to Boston <laughs> and see him six times uh, a year. Good for him, though, right. man. You know, again, I got no ill will, and I know a lot of fans. I've been fighting with some people which is dumb of me. Shame on me on Facebook. Like these stupid <laughs> Sabres Facebook groups, these fucking idiots who, you know, they just don't know what they're, they, it's just, I don't know if they're trolling or if they truly believe what they're typing, but if they do, shame on that, man. 
He's not a cancer, all right? He's a, no. he's a good hockey player who's frustrated with the losing. Sure, he wasn't perfect. He could have been, maybe he could have done a little more off the ice to endear himself to fans a little bit, I mm -hmm. guess. I'm not saying he was without flaws, without warts, but who, who, who is perfect? You know, what the fuck? Well, that's the thing. Like, the, the whole locker room cancer stuff always Ugh. kills me. Because uh, let's face it, some guys are bad people. Like, unavoidable like you're like not every team every every guy's gonna be a saint not everybody's gonna be the most cuddly personality and jack's personality not cuddly like he's not right that's fair not a super sweetheart like that's but like uh, listen that's it's fine like you can like, people are that way not everybody's gonna be this the super nice person but like the stuff about you know you know bad in the room and you know if he's you know i don't know if if people said he was like, you know, mean to teammates or like whatever, like any, any kind of crap that gets made up about guys that they think are bad in the room. And like, listen, put them in a, put them on a team where the team, you know, where the room you're a winning team and how the room is then like. Ryan O'Reilly. I, I hate Betty, to say the Betty's name. pretty great then, you know, Ryan like, O'Reilly. I hate to say the name, you know, I hate to relive bad past trades, but we heard the same shit about Ryan O'Reilly. Dude goes and wins mm -hmm. Cosmic trophy in a cup for, for St. Louis. It's bullshit, yep. man. It, it's just, and it's bullshit. And O'Reilly's thing was like people were mad at him because he hated losing, which still blows my mind. Like, how dare he say we're losing? Urgh, get him out of here! Like, okay, sure. Like, and you know, in Jack's case, Jack was every the end of Jack's press conference at the end of every season was, you know, we're gonna get better, we gotta get better, and you know, I you know, I'm gonna be the guy to do this. And he tried like hell, like you know, two years ago when he's you know he finishes eighth in MVP voting on a bad team. You gotta tell me he didn't try. Like, get lost, man. Like yeah. that's that, like that kind of stuff just bugs the crap out of me. And it's just like you don't people people don't want to accept that. You know, I'm a big person that like chemistry is a myth. It's a myth because it's only chemistry is only talked about when the team is either really good or really bad. And if they're really good, the chemistry is fantastic. Oh, everybody's getting along great. Uh, super they're, they're picking each other up well of course they are they're winning every freaking game <laughs> but when you're losing it's tough to not look around the room and say well geez if this guy would do more or like you know i like you can turn it inward and be like i gotta do more like o'reilly did that all the time he always turned it on himself and said like well, i can do more uh you know i gotta be better like it doesn't matter that he's, he was you know performing the best or doing doing the most all-around work it didn't matter because, you know, the loss was still happening. They're just like, ah, oh, shut up, man. Just, you know, just win. And it's like, well, he's trying. <laughs> he's trying his damnedest to do it. And he's and he's upset that he can't. And Jack's case, he'd get pissed that, like, he, you know, he wasn't able to get, you know, a goal to do it. It's just he didn't vocalize his his disappointment in that the same way. He did it in a way where it comes off looking badly. Like it looks like he's, you know, it looks like he's being a snot to the reporters or it looks like he's, you know, he's looking away and he's just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, it's just what we're going to do. Like, you know, and he, the guy's furious because, and I know he is because the second the cameras get turned off, the guy, he's just, he's like, you know, he's just like, fuck, like, you know, like he's just angry about losing. Like he's so, he gets so pissed about it. And it's, it's just the different way people handle things. And Jack, Jack's way of doing it. Does it really make people, you know, at least fans feel very inspired? Like it doesn't make them feel any better about things, but I don't know. You lose for eight, nine, ten years in a row, people are gonna get sick of everything at that point. And I think that's I think that's just way the way this worked out. Yeah. I, I think best case at the end of the day, this could be a legitimate true win win scenario for both teams. Obviously for Vegas, 
they got the best player in this deal if, if he gets healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I mean, you've said this numerous times. That's not a, a guarantee. But if he's back to the jack that we've seen, and maybe even better than ever, with better talent mm-hmm. around him, a better organization, better structure, he might his best hockey still might be in front of him. If that's the case, he's clearly far and away the best player in, in this deal. He can elevate Vegas. He can elevate guys around him. We've seen it one year with Skinner. Jeff Skinner should thank that dude because he got his ass $9 million per year for the next 10,000 mm-hmm. years based on one great season. <laughs> so we've already seen that happen. And again, he's a great centerpiece uh, and a face of a franchise for a, a cup contender. Good for him. From the Sabres' yeah. point of view, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this in detail, but we'll get some quick thoughts. Um, for people listening who don't know much about these players, which for the casual hockey fans going to be pretty much everybody, Peyton Krebs was a first-round pick in 2019. He was the top-ranked prospect in Vegas. Um, one thing I like about it is once he is up, and he won't be right away, by the way. I'll hit on that in a second. I think he might bump. He takes a little bit of pressure off a guy like, say, Dylan Cousins, who maybe now doesn't have to be a top six center or you know one of the two first-line centers. Um, I, I, His stats with, with Vegas, don't pay any attention to them because that means literally nothing. No mm-hmm. points in nine games this year. Only one assist in 13 games. Who gives a shit? Alex Tuck, uh, he's 25 years old. First round pick, 2014. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He signed seven years, $33.25 million deal in 2019-20. So he's going to be a Buffalo Sabres as long as they want him anyway. Um, he's on the books for this year and for next four years at a very reasonable, I think, a borderline team-friendly Contract for a player of his skill. He scored 20 goals a couple of years ago, 18 in 55 games last year. So the, the Sabres got stuff back. They didn't give away mm-hmm. Jack Eichel. Just a couple right. quick thoughts uh, on Krebs, which, by the way, Kevin Adams at his press conference on Thursday morning, which might surprise some people. I don't know if it surprised you or not, but Krebs is going to start in Rochester. He's not coming right up to Buffalo. Again, there's just no urgency with this team to – to have, you know, they're looking toward the future, and there's no questioning that. But anyway, Krebs is starting in Rochester. He'll be up soon enough, though. But just some thoughts on him starting in Rochester and, and the players, Krebs and Tuck. They're going to help this team, I would think, anyway, Joe. Yeah, and Krebs, Krebs I'm high on because he was a guy who kind of fell in that draft. Um, I remember he was, that. Because he, he got hurt, like, in his last season, in uh, his last season, or, like, uh, the, this, his draft season in the WHL. And he was a guy that was, he was supposed to be up in that discussion with, with everybody else who went higher in that year. I think that was, was that the Vancouver draft? Yeah, it was the Vancouver. That was the year they took, uh, the Sabres got Cousins. Um, Krebs was in that conversation with guys like, with guys like Cousins and, and them and Kirby Doc and, and them. So he's, he's got that pedigree. And obviously people are going to be, you know, are thinking like, wow, geez, he was hurt before. Like, what, please, enough, enough of the, enough of the, for the being hurt stuff. We 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 all have PTSD and guys being hurt, like just enough. But like in Krebs case, like the, the skills are there, the abilities there. And yeah, the, the, his, his stats mean nothing right now. Like just, he's, he's gotten his time in, in the juniors. He's gotten his time elsewhere. So like, he's, he's going to be a guy and you're right. He does take pressure off cousins, but I think even more importantly, he takes some pressure off middle stat too. Like once middle stats back up there or back in the lineup, like he's, he's going to, make things a little easier for him too. And that's, I think that's just as important, honestly, because, uh, because, you know, listen, they, you, you, you move on from, you move on, a guy, move on from a guy like Eichel, 
the pressure is going to be instantly on everybody else. And it's been, you know, it's been on Thompson. It's been on cousins. It's been on, you know, middle stat. Like it's on all those guys, the, the pressure to be, be able to make up for Jack and even Sam's presence as well. Uh, but Krebs makes that easier. And Krebs has the higher as, as high of a pedigree as, as cousins, as cousins does, as far as being able to being a guy who can be that player. And, you know, he gets, you know, he's playing like third, fourth line in Vegas, of course, because of course he was like, you're, he, he's not fighting. He's not going to crack into that top, top six, top nine immediately because Vegas is loaded, loaded with the guys up front. So it's fine. Like you can't be mad at him for, for not, for not getting enough time in Vegas. Cause Vegas is loaded. Like they, they made the, the cup final their first frigging year. Like right. everybody relax, but like it's, but like with Tuck, like, yeah, yeah. The contract's good. Um, He's got the the semi local angle with being from Baldwinsville, um, you know. Brings you know he's gonna have there's gonna be a ton of you know regional interest in them, which I think is important to the to the Sabers as much as as much as anything. Um, you know, I kidded around about how like he might bring fifty new season tickets, season ticket packages to, to the Sabers just based on his family and friends coming coming out. But like, it, it's good to have that sort of attraction because like it was always a story every time he came here. Same with like a guy like Alex Ayafalo with the Kings, like he's from Eden. Every time he comes here, there's there's the local playoff. But now you've got like a guy who gets the local playoff playing here every day. And that's that's a good thing. And it helps that he's also a good player. And you know what? He'll be in the top six of this team. Like he was like a third liner for Vegas. Same thing. Like, is he better than Patrick No. You know, is he better than William Carlson? No. Like, but he could be really good. And he plays a different kind of he plays a different style of hockey than those guys. And he plays the kind of style that's gonna make people here get excited because he's he's physical, he drives the net. And he can score goals down low. So that's those are all good things that, as far as Buffalo wants and needs to have. Let's end this emerge pod in a positive note. All right, a lot of fans out there who, uh, like, I, I just, I when this trade happens, I think of my father-in-law, man, and mm-hmm. big Jack fan, very angry at the Sabers. Doesn't know, you know, and a lot of fans are like this. They don't know Peyton Krebs. They don't, they don't know much about the Alex mm-hmm. talk. They, you know what I'm saying? Let's. Self fans, and I've done this before with you. We'll sell fans a little bit on, on some hope and why you could potentially be a little bit excited about this team. Now, obviously, you got guys coming in now. Paterka and Quinn are tearing shit up in Rochester right now. Mm-hmm. You got Krebs. Owen Power, the topic of the draft last year. Yeah. He's certainly his his uh arrival in Buffalo is gonna be imminent. Um Tuck's mm-hmm. a pretty good young player. You just talked about what he's going to bring to the table. You got Middlestad, you got Cousins, you know, good mm-hmm. young centers. You got Olsen and Tate Thompson. They seem to be hitting their stride. Rasmus Dahlin's a great talent. You still got to get his shit together, though, which, by the way, I want to talk to you specifically about that <laughs> on Friday show because we're showing, you know, we're trying to sell a little bit of hope to fans here. Um, And they get, and again, you talked about this. They got their own pick next year, and they got two picks. Lottery protected or not, you know, they're going to be shitty picks, Vegas and Florida, but... Let's say mm-hmm. there's a scenario where, hey, the Sabres have the eighth or ninth pick and they want a guy in the top four. I can't think of better ammunition to move up than to have two other first round picks. So they got that. They got a ton of future cap room. You know, if this team starts to get its shit together when they get better, they're going to mm-hmm. be able to add some veterans, some good pieces. Uh, if you're a Sabres fan, Joe, what I just listed off and maybe something I might have forgotten, that's kind of reasons to maybe not be excited but at least intrigued, right? Intrigued and more hopeful, honestly. Good um, word. Good you word. mentioned Quinn and Paterka lighting it up in Rochester. Well, 
I think about those two guys now playing with Peyton Krebs. With Krebs going down there, I'm just kind of like, well, hey, that, that could be a, an entire line when it's their time to come to the, you know, it's got time to come up. I mean, Krebs will be up probably sooner than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's there's no need to rush them. You know, you don't have to you don't have to bull rush them into the NHL right now. You don't have to bull rush any of those guys in. But if 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 Quinn and Paterka keep scoring at like a point a game pace. And, you know, Quinn becomes a, a huge threat in the power play, which he seems to be right now at Rochester. And Paterka is just, he's, he's a buzzsaw out on the ice. He's just everywhere. He's fast and he's up on top of the play. It's a good reason to be excited. You know, Amherst are playing pretty well. Like, they're scoring a ton. Like, defense and goaltending can use some help. But um, but there, there's a good reason to be pretty hopeful about them. And I'll be very interested to see what happens with Krebs when he joins that crew, just to see how it works. Because um, I because I, in my mind... Those three, you throw them together immediately and, and let them run. But you can feel hopeful about things like you know, you know, powers, you know, powers, you know, another number one pick, cool. Um, you've got uh, Ryan Johnson in Minnesota, who was uh, who was a late first rounder a few years ago. He started to come into his own with the Gophers. Like that's great to see. Um, other guys in those spots where it's just kind of like, all right, maybe we, maybe there's a little something here. Maybe they, you know, maybe they got something cooking here, like in the in the short term. Like that's that's what you want to see, and you want to see the consistent development. And honestly, the guys they took in this past draft, a lot of the Russian guys look really good. Uh, it'll be multiple years before there's even a possibility of them coming over, but that's fine. Like let them play in the KHL, let them become big scorers there, and then when it's time to bring them over. Worry about that then. <laughs> worry about getting them out of Russia at that point. But like. You know, some of these other guys, you know, Isaac Rosen and all them, like they're they're starting off pretty nice. And like that's all you can ask for. And you know, Devin Levi's had a nice start with Northeastern. Like, cool. These are the kinds of things you need to be doing to get better as a team and have these things built out so that you have a consistent cycle of guys coming through. And, you know, I think you know, when you clear out you clear out I Eichel and Reinhardt and Ristalani, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck in the meantime, you know, for the next year or two, probably. But things are looking a little bit up. Things are looking up. And, you know, listen, Ted Nolan said it. And, you know, I know Mike Harrington likes to point it out. You know, prospects are prospects until they're suspects. You know, like, okay. Or the prospects are suspects until they become real. I'm getting this all wrong. It's like Tommy Boy with the stick a head up uh, (laughs) a a cow's ass. We get the point, though. You're 100% right. Right. But, like, until they they prove themselves, they're not, they're they're basically imaginary. They're imaginary friends. So, but like you want to have more of those, you want to have more of those possible hits along the way. And right now, it seems like they've got a, more than more than they have before, and that's good. Yeah, for sure. And this is a good way to end this emerger pod. Again, Joe's coming right back tomorrow, every Friday, casual Friday. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Yurden, of course. Noted hockey on Substack. Plenty to talk about. In fact, tomorrow. So we'll be right back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.